Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. My name is Denise McKinney. I am the pastor of The Well, a dinner church here in Tulsa, and it is my joy and privilege to be with you in worship this morning. I have to tell you, I really understand how Zacchaeus feels. Now, I know you can't tell because I'm a, you know, a little foot above here, and this podium fits me perfectly. But I have a great deal of experience of stepping up to a podium that comes to here, or even yesterday at the Tulsa Run, standing with my friends in the crowd at the beginning line. Um, they're like, oh, there's somebody over there, and I'm like, where? I, I can't see him. And the helplessness that you feel and the smallness, pardon the pun, that you cannot physically see what's coming or see what people are talking about. So I have a little bit of empathy for Zacchaeus because five feet just causes a lot of problem reaching for things in shelves and seeing something in the distance. So I love this story, and it seems to me, and I might refer to Zacchaeus as Z sometimes just because three syllables is repeating all the time, but it seems interesting to me that he was trying to see who Jesus was. He didn't know him. Now, maybe he had heard of Jesus, but he had just never seen him. And so he may have been thinking, who, who is this person? Who is this man who I've heard of healing and, and telling amazing stories and challenging accepted norms wherever he goes? What's he like in person? And, and what if Zacchaeus had been feeling just a little unfulfilled in his life and his work? Because he was, of course, not a very popular person. What if he was tired of being the communal bad guy? Maybe he wanted some kind of change, and he'd heard these stories of Jesus, and he didn't know what kind of change he wanted, but he thought maybe Jesus could help him figure it out. Or maybe he truly had never heard of Jesus, and he was just wondering, what is all the ruckus in town? What's this parade of people coming through and shouting and excited? Maybe he was thinking, hey, this guy, this is the kind of person, this is a good connection for my business. Maybe he was hoping to just wiggle some good favor in the community by befriending and hanging out with the new guy. Either one of those stories could be possible, but it doesn't really matter to the people around Zacchaeus. The people lined along the road did not care if Zacchaeus could see they didn't like him. In fact, they despised him because he not only had aligned himself with the Roman Empire by working as a tax collector, but he also overcharged all of his fellow Jewish neighbors so that he could take a hefty cut off the top before sending payment into the Roman version of the IRS. And his large home, his lavish decor, and his giant meals were all because he took more than he was supposed to from people who lived in his same city. He very well could have been the reason that some people couldn't afford their basic needs. So it probably gave them great pleasure to stand in his way. 
creating a human wall along a road so that it would be impossible for him to see. They knew he was short. They had a legitimate complaint against him. And this was just a little bit of retaliation. So imagine their surprise when Zacchaeus climbs a tree to see over their human wall and the person that they had been hoping to see, talk to, and maybe even heal someone that they loved that day, walked right past their outstretched hands and zeroed in on the lying, cheating tax collector hanging out in a tree. And imagine Zacchaeus' surprise at being called by name. He wanted to meet this guy, but at this point he was thinking, I just need to get a glimpse because it was just so hard to see. He was not expecting an invitation. He was not expecting Jesus to say, Zacchaeus, I must go to your house today and stay. Not just drop by, not just come in for a snack, stay. So Jesus says to him, hey, invite me to come with you. And Zacchaeus says, who, me? And Jesus says, yes, you. He can't believe his luck. He scrambles down the tree, looks around at all the scorning looks that are coming his way, and kind of smiles in victory. He's like, well, okay. And just says, okay, Jesus. And all of his friends escorts them to his house. The people on the road are stunned. Jesus has left with Zacchaeus, the guy who gets everything without earning it, taking what he shouldn't. And he now has the undivided attention of the remarkable person that they had hoped would spend time with them. And they can't help but grumble and complain at the unfairness of it all. Now, the story kind of bunches up here because there's only like five sentences left, but we know the scenery changes. So let's just imagine what happened next in between these sentences. It says they're complaining because Jesus had gone to the house of a notorious sinner. So we know time has passed, and Jesus and Zacchaeus and the, and the group that they were with have gone to Zacchaeus' house. We can probably assume, because of all of the hospitality traditions at the time, that Jesus entered the home, that they shared a meal, that they had conversation, and probably spent some time getting to know each other. I feel like at some point Jesus says, Zacchaeus, what, what do you want to do with your life? Is this what you want? Is this what you want? And maybe they're finishing dinner and drinking some wine, and Jesus decides to give him a different view. He says, you know, there is this awe and this joy I feel when I have been able to restore someone's health or help an outcast feel like they belong again. And, and there's this genuine rush of excitement and thrill when I saw 4,000 men and their families eat bread and fish that I got to multiply. And by how Zacchaeus responds in Luke's story, the answers to the questions that Jesus asked him early, earlier, what do you want to do? Is this what you want? It seems that Zacchaeus was thinking about it. And maybe he said, you know, Jesus, I don't know. I thought I knew what I wanted. I thought I, I, thought I had it all. I thought I was on the right track. But now I have 
all that I could ever want materially, and no friends and people hate me, and I don't seem to have any purpose. I feel so empty, depending on my wealth and not having human camaraderie. Maybe I want to follow and do what you do. Maybe I want to follow in your way. And maybe at that point, Jesus said, you, you can. You can follow in the way that I live. You, too, can restore things in people's lives. You, too, can multiply what's been given to you and make a difference and give it away. And for a second time that day, Zacchaeus said yes to an invitation, an invitation to come down from his high place and go and do. So he puts down his cup of wine, he stands up as to, if to make a formal announcement, and he says to everyone in his presence, today, today I commit to giving half of all my wealth to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone, now that's an understatement, who hasn't he defrauded at this point? I will pay them back four times what I took dishonestly. I can just see Jesus smiling warmly. He loves a good ending. He joins Zacchaeus at the head of the table, places his hand on Zacchaeus' shoulder and says, today, today, salvation has come to this house. Because Zacchaeus, in case you forgot, or someone who decided your story, your story disqualified you, from belonging in God's family, remember, you are a son of Abraham. You are a part of the legacy. You are a part of the story, the redemptive work God is doing in the world. Now go and do it. Wow. That day, Zacchaeus is initiated into a new story, a new purpose, a new identity, a new way of living. But it was actually the story he was always meant to be a part of. He just hadn't realized what God could do with the life of a wealthy, despised tax collector. He couldn't see Jesus at first, but when he finally did see him, Jesus called him by name, and he asked Zacchaeus to invite him into his house. And when Zacchaeus let him in those intimate places where he eats and sleeps and drinks, Jesus got busy showing him what was possible that he could not see before. But wait, what about the people we left along the road? Doesn't their story matter? Don't they have some valid complaints and needs that should be met? The answer is absolutely yes. But as is typical with Jesus, not in the way that we think it should. You see, their restoration, their restoration of resources, the, the, the restoration of their hope for better days, their ability, their ability to move on from grumbling and complaining and being frustrated, even though that was justified, it's bound up in Zacchaeus' redemption. They cannot be healed, whole, or feel safe until Zacchaeus' life changes. And when he figures out his purpose to be honest and generous, their life changes too. Frederick Buchner says, Compassion is the sometimes fatal capacity for feeling what it is like to live inside somebody else's skin. 
It's the knowledge that there never can really be any peace and joy for me until there is peace and joy finally for you. This story to me is not really about Zacchaeus, or at least not just about Zacchaeus. It's about community. It's about how a pers- one person can tear things down with ambition or rebuild and restore with generosity and humility. On any given day, I can be Zacchaeus, taking more than is mine to take or keeping more than I need to flourish. And on a different day, I can be Zacchaeus 2.0, saying yes when Jesus calls me by name and says to me, invite me to come and stay with you. And over dinner and some wine, recognizing that my neighbor's peace and wholeness is bound up in my willingness to follow in the radical generosity and humility of Jesus. And just in case I forgot, or someone's convinced me that my story disqualifies me from being loved by God or making a difference, Jesus says, remember, you are part of God's family. You are part of the legacy, the story, the redemptive work that God is doing in the world. Now go do it.